Repodcasting is a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I am your co host, Lucia Julio. And I'm Janet, no longer in Calgary. I'm back in Toronto. Yeah, so we've got another phone episode for you, but it's a very special episode because we are recasting from three different movies, technically. It's a first for repodcasting. It's this is uh, this is an exciting episode. Yes, this might be a controversial episode. Yeah, we'll see. I, <laughs> we haven't gotten much like listener mail or feedback yet, but we might start now. <laughs> I was I was just gonna say this might be the episode that finally gets us <laughs> some feedback. Yeah, maybe not good feedback. It might end up being like an angry backlash, but. Bring it on. Bring something. (laughs) We're ready. We are confident in our recasting choices. (laughs) So ready. So this is our Star Wars special. We mentioned it in the previous episode. We're recasting Hayden Christensen from the prequel episodes and also Alden Ehrenreich from Solo. We have no Star Wars music because, as we were saying, we can't afford a lawsuit from Disney or George Lucas. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so sorry for we don't get to play that lovely Star Wars music. I actually think the score is amazing. That's one of the best things about Star Wars. That score, it's one of the best scores in film history. I totally agree. Absolutely. Hands down. Yeah. So, Janet, do you want to mention how we came to this episode? It was a, a listener's idea. Contacted us. And asked us, like, why don't we recast a Hayden Christensen role in Star Wars? Because it's a role that seems to, like, have so much sort of, I don't know, controversy. I don't know if controversy is the word, but so many people seem to blame poor Hayden Christensen for the fact that, like, you know, he ruined these movies or, you know, like, there just seem, he seemed to receive so much backlash from, from the fans. So it was suggested to us that we we recast this one. It's interesting because I did not care about Star Wars until very recently. <laughs> I saw the original three, but I was so young I didn't remember them. And then in 2016, so actually after I had seen The Force Awakens, I saw all of them in order. On like New Year's Day, they were all playing in order. And so uh, we just kind of like, my husband and I, we kind of drifted in and out of sleep all day while watching these. And believe me, it's very easy to sleep through some of those prequels. <laughs> no, don't say that. Oh, now, sorry. Pe- people are mad that you just said that. Um, here's the thing. my I didn't see any of the earlier Star Wars movies, like, you know, the ones from the 70s or whatever, 80s, like with Carrie Fisher and Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill. I didn't see those okay. until much later in life. I did not become a fan of Star Wars until, like, Hayden Christensen was actually cast in these movies. That's when I sort of was introduced to the Star Wars franchise. So, 
you know, for everyone that throws shit at him and says that he's a horrible actor and that he wrecked the franchise, he was actually the reason that I was introduced to the franchise, and I am sure that I'm not alone in that. Yeah. So that was sort of how I got into Star Wars. I just rewatched episode three, uh, Revenge of the Sith, yesterday, and it is not Hayden Christensen's fault that that's a bad movie. There's so many problems with that movie yeah. that yeah, we'll he has nothing it, to do but with. My opinion is this, and I don't care if people, you know, send us hate mail for this. My opinion is that the movies suck. <laughs> See, I don't think they suck. I shouldn't say that. I don't think those movies suck. I actually think that maybe they're not the strongest in the franchise, but I enjoyed both of them. But I think that people make fun of the dialogue. Yeah. And I don't think that the blame should go to Hayden Christensen or any of the actors. Of course not. They don't write the the dialogue. Yeah, exactly. I think you need to focus that blame on who wrote the words that were coming out of these actors' mouths. And we all know it was George Lucas. Yes. And here's another thing. Okay, Samuel L. Jackson and Natalie Portman, they're good actors. I don't think there's any, like, question about that. And I'm sorry to say, they were not good in Revenge of the Sith either. It's not their fault. Why is everybody so mad at Hayden Christensen? I don't understand. Yeah, they should be mad at George Lucas. Oh, yeah. So, move on. (laughs) Star Wars people. Okay. Oh, we can move on. Speaking of moving on, we will... we can move on, too. Yes. How about those box office numbers? Yeah, so for Attack of the Clones, the budget was $115 million. Mm-hmm. Box office, globally, it made $649 million. Wow. So, I mean, it's not like these movies didn't make any money. And, you know, the same thing with Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. The budget was $113 million. Box office was $849 oh million. Wow. I mean, come on, like, the box office was there, so they made money. But it's interesting because um, I had looked up episode one's box office when we were talking about The Matrix, because Ewan McGregor had turned down the role of Neo to do Obi-Wan, and that one made $1 billion, so I guess in comparison, those ones weren't as big, right? Yeah, I guess so. Oh, shit. My movie sucks. It didn't make a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I still think that those are really healthy numbers. Yeah. 49 million, 849 million. I don't know. Maybe that's naive on my part, but I think those are healthy numbers. No, I, I would be pretty happy if I managed to make $849 million somehow. Do you also uh, want to do the box office for Solo? Yeah, sure. So Solo... Did we say that we're doing solo as well? I did mention it. Oh, okay. Thanks for listening. I'm not even (laughs) listening to you. Sorry, Lucia. (laughs) So, solo, uh, the budget was 279, or sorry, $275 million. They're saying that that is the most money that any movie has had in movie history. That's like the highest amount. Yeah, that's enormous. Yeah, that's a lot. I was really surprised when I saw it. The box office so far has been very disappointing. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, it's $390 million. So they're saying that it has to make at least $500 million globally for it to sort of recoup the budget. And 
I mean, I'm sure eventually it'll get there, but it definitely has underperformed. Those budgets, I wonder if they include promotion and stuff like that, or if it's literally just the production budget. Yeah, I don't know. They were sort of riddled with issues, and I'm sure that that added to the budget. Okay. Well, do we want to just get into the recasting then? Yeah, sure. You can go first. Okay. I recast Anakin Skywalker. I narrowed it down to two. I was really struggling to pick between the two of them, and so I'm just going to mention them both. The first one is Alexander Skarsgård from okay. Big Little Lies and True Blood. Yeah. Yeah, I don't hate that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, especially, like, I've never seen True Blood, but thinking of him in Big Little Lies, he's still scary to me. And uh, I think that you need to be able to have that if you're going to become Darth Vader. And the only thing that didn't make me just stay on him and not pick anybody else was that he had not done a lot of English speaking movies at that point. It was mostly Swedish. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the only English speaking movie he had been in at that point was Zoolander. Uh, He's one of the models. (laughs) That's amazing. Alexander Skarsgård. Is he in his late 30s? He was 26 at the time of Attack of the Clones. Oh, wow. So he's like a lot older than I thought he was. Okay. Hayden Christensen was 21. So he was a bit older. And, you know, while I think Hayden Christensen did a fine job, he was pretty green, like quite young. And then so my second choice is Ryan Gosling. (laughs) Imagine it. He's such a good actor. He could do it, of course. He'd be fantastic. I don't think Ryan Gosling would want to be Darth Vader. I agree with you there. I absolutely <laughs> agree. I don't think that would have ever happened anyway, And but I think he would have done a good job. I'm trying to picture... <laughs> oh my god, I'm trying to picture Ryan Gosling as... <laughs> I can't see him in that like, thing, all that That's a good point. And that's the thing, like, practically, this probably would never have worked out, but I just could picture him in the role. I think he would have okay, done a good job. Okay. I like Alexander Skarsgård better. Okay. And, you know, I'm actually really angry with myself that I didn't think of him. Ooh. That's good casting. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because even physically, mm-hmm. he's very tall, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same here. I mean, he was so good as Perry on Big Little Lies. I didn't realize that he was such a good actor because I really had not followed his work. But also, I don't think he'd been given like that kind of a role yet where you could really see what he's capable of as an actor, right? Yeah. When I found out that he had been in Zoolander, I looked up pictures because like I've only seen Zoolander once and I didn't remember. Um, And I was like, oh, yeah, he's cute. And then I'd be like, oh, but no, like he still scares me. I'm forever scarred by his performance, but in a good way, because he was so amazing. I agree. I mean, he won all those awards, and he deserved 
deserved them. Absolutely. And going on to Solo, Alden Ehrenreich, I was not impressed when I found out that he was cast as Solo. I had only seen him in one thing, in Beautiful Creatures, but I don't know. I don't find him charismatic. Not that they would have to look like Harrison Ford, but there should be some similarities, no? I mean, people who are going to see Solo know the Han Solo character from the 70s and 80s really well. And I think that there should be more similarities. And not that the person should be doing an impression of him, but it felt like a different character. I didn't relate it to Harrison Ford's character at all. And that, to me, was a downfall of the movie. So I thought, actually, this is who I thought of before I had heard who was cast as Solo, um, was Ansel Elgort from Baby Driver and The Fault in Our Stars and Divergent. He is five years younger than Alden Ehrenreich, but I think it's a good thing because Harrison Ford was 35 in 1977 when the first Star Wars movie came out. And Solo is supposed to be taking place about 10 years earlier. And Ansel Elgort is 24. And so that is the 10 years, whereas Alden Ehrenreich is almost 30. It felt like he's too old because, you know, I'm watching it and thinking, okay, this is supposed to be not that long before Star Wars, but long enough that, like, he just looked like he was practically the same age as Harrison Ford in the first movie. Yeah, I wanted, so you, you think that Alden Ehrenreich looks too old for the role, is that what you're saying? I do think that, yeah. Yeah. No, well, I'll, I'll have my own things. To say. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, those are the two roles. That's yeah. like Ansel Elgort was an easy enough one for me. Hayden Christensen recasting him was a tough one. Yeah. Ansel Elgort was actually on, I'll go through this when I do my picks, but he was on a list to be cast. Right. For it. I did see that afterwards. So, yeah, yeah. So um, that makes sense. And like, I'll be honest, I have only seen Ansel Elgort in the Divergent films. You didn't see Baby uh, Driver? No, I haven't seen that yet. Oh, you should. Should I see it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's should good. I see it? It's very good. Um, oh, I know what I was going to ask you about uh, Alden Ironreich. When you were actually watching Solo, could you picture somebody else in the role? Did you picture Ansel Elgort, or were you just kind of, like, not thinking about it? I wasn't thinking about it while oh, watching. okay. I'll be honest, I don't think that Ansel Elgort has it. And when I say it, there's an it factor that I think whoever needed to play that role had to have. Okay. Um, like, that's really star quality and I don't think that Alden Ironreich has it mm-hmm. and I don't think that Ansel Elgort has it Interesting. Either. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. Okay, well I can't wait to hear who you picked. Okay, so I will share my casting choices okay. with you. Um, so for Anakin Skywalker, the Hayden Christensen role, again, like, I didn't hate Hayden Christensen in the role. I agree with you. I think he was too green mm-hmm. for the role, but I mean, George Lucas handpicked him. Yeah. They apparently saw over 1,500 candidates wow. for that role. It was a really extensive process when they started casting for it. And I remember when Hayden Christensen was cast, it was a big deal because he was really fresh. Nobody really knew who he was. Mm-hmm. He was Canadian, so it was definitely a big deal here in Canada that a 
Canadian had been cast in the role and sort of like an unknown Canadian because he was only 19 years old when he got the role. So Um, Life as a House hadn't even come out then? No, Life as a House came out in 2001. Which is Uh, before... Right, it was a year before. And so people hadn't really seen a lot of his work. He wasn't completely new. He had done TV, but it was mostly Canadian stuff that he had done. So he was unknown. And it's interesting because in my research, George Lucas actually said he needed an actor who could portray the presence of the dark side. And he felt that Hayden Christensen really captured that. So I get that they wanted to go with an unknown, but I'm not so sure that that was the direction that they should have gone in. It's a really big, iconic role. And in my opinion, casting someone who was so green maybe wasn't like the wisest choice. And like I said, I don't think that Hayden Christensen is a bad actor. His career certainly has kind of gone sideways ever since Star Wars. I, I don't think that Star Wars, perhaps it opened some doors for him, but I'm not sure that it put him on the map globally. Of course, people knew who he was. But he only really did a couple of good films afterwards, like Life is a House, which, as we just said, he did before Star Wars. That was uh, the first time that, like, I sort of got to see his work. And he was nominated for a Golden Globe and a SAG. Yeah. It was a good performance. If you've ever seen that movie, like, I really enjoyed him in that. I thought he captured... The, the essence of that role perfectly as that angsty teenager. And then he did Shattered Glass in yes. 2003. And he, have you seen Shattered Glass? I haven't, but I remember he got a lot of accolades for that. Yeah, he was so good in it. And he did. He received critical acclaim for it. So I don't know. It's unfortunate, I think, what has sort of happened yeah. um, to his career. Because we were just talking about this the other day. He's got a movie coming out in August, which he shot here in Toronto last summer um, with Emma Roberts. It's called Little Italy, and I am going to see it because I am both horrified and yet curious to see this movie. It looks ridiculous. It looks like the biggest shit show ever. I cannot believe that that is coming out in 2018. It looks like a 90s rom-com. Yeah, and it looks... Like, it's full of embarrassing racial stereotypes. Yes. And Alyssa Milano is playing uh, Emma Roberts' mom. (laughs) She plays her mother? Yeah. Oh, my God. I knew she was in the movie, but I didn't know she was playing Emma Roberts' mother. That's funny. Yeah, so it's kind of unfortunate to see how his career has devolved. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what's really interesting, I don't know if you saw this in your research, he actually won a Razzie for both of these Star Wars movies. (laughs) Sorry, for Worst Supporting Actor. And I was like, aw, poor Hayden Christensen. Like, there's a part of me that really feels sorry for him. Because, like I said, I think he's taken a lot of shit off of the Star Wars fan universe for his performances. And I think that he's been blamed for, you know, how bad the movies were. And I don't think that that is fair. Not at all. To put that on one actor's shoulders. I mean, out of an, an entire ensemble cast, to say that it's this one person's fault that the movies didn't live up to your expectations, I think that's really unfair. Definitely. I agree. It's time for a word from our sponsor. 
If you're listening to this episode right when it dropped, then we are right in the midst of Calgary Pride. And ATB lights it up rainbow style for Pride across Alberta every year, from their building in downtown Edmonton to their Pride Brick Road at their Stephen Avenue branch in downtown Calgary. ATB is a longtime partner of Camp Firefly and Firefly in Schools. Be sure to check them out on Instagram and Twitter at ATB Financial to see their Pride coverage of this year's parade. And now back to the show. So, my recasting choice was Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. I don't know what you think of that. Uh. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? I know that at one point he was in discussion to play it, but then he didn't want it because coming off of Titanic, Titanic turned him into such a heartthrob global star that he like was trying to get away from that in a sense. And I heard that that was why he didn't want to do Star Wars because he was trying to get away from like that kind of frenzied reaction to him. Mm. But I think he, I think he would have been a great Darth Vader. Like I said, I think that it's such an iconic character that I think it needed somebody who had a name attached to it. And I think if Leo had done it, I mean, he definitely, he's an amazing actor. You can say whatever you want about him, but he's a great actor. And the darkness, he totally would have owned the the character. And, uh, you know, I think he was also more experienced, for sure. Um, experienced like with big budget mm-hmm. movies as well. Mm-hmm. Like you have to remember, Hayden Christensen didn't have any acting experience yeah, on yeah. a big budget film, right? So I think that plays into it as well. Like these movies are on such a grand scale. So yeah, I would have liked to have seen Leo. I think he totally could have done it. Oh boy, I don't disagree that he could have done it and done it well. Honestly, for me, he's just too pretty for that role. No, no, but um, I don't know how to describe it. Hayden Christensen is good looking, and I picked Ryan Gosling. Obviously, he's good looking, but yeah. Leo's pretty. Do you know what I mean? I to no. me, there's a difference. Really? No, yeah. See, when I look at Hayden Christensen, I think he's just as pretty as oh. Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Okay. I disagree with you. Um, one thing that stands out too is when we were talking about the Matrix, Leonardo had turned that down because of all the effects. And this movie was just effects. So he definitely would have turned it down. (laughs) You know, he didn't want to do anything like this. He's taken different direction with his career. So anyway, with Solo, you know, I agree with you. I didn't like Alden Ironreich either. Mm -hmm. I didn't hate him in the movie. I mean, once I started watching it, I thought I was going to hate him more in the role than I actually did. So I didn't hate it. I will tell you what I don't like is his voice. <laughs> I agree. What, what's with his voice? I mean, I know that's nothing that he can change. Like now I'm just being like really mean and mean girling him. But I don't like his voice. I just don't like it. The chemistry between him and Amelia Clark, I didn't love it either. No, there wasn't much. Like, it was kind of there, but it was really tepid. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I felt that considering the fact that they they kept explaining that they were childhood friends and, like, you even see that, mm-hmm. that there should have been, like, 
more fire happening there. Yeah. So I wasn't feeling it the way I felt I should have. I don't really have the words for it. There's just something missing that he doesn't have for that role. Okay. Harrison, I, and I, again, like you can't compare him necessarily to Harrison Ford because they're two totally different people. But when you look at Han Solo, he's such a charming character, right? Mm-hmm. He charms everybody. He, ta- he manages to talk his way out of things and talk his way into things. Mm-hmm. Like he's got a lot of charisma and I just wasn't feeling that vibe yeah. off of Alden Ironreich at all. So I had two choices. Okay. My first choice, and this was the person that I always thought because I was like, this guy would be so good. Karen Edgerton. Oh, Do you yeah. Do know who he is? He's in the Kingsman movies. Kingsman yes. Secret Service and Kingsman Golden Circle. And then he's got a movie coming out in November of this year. He plays Robin Hood. He looks pretty kick-ass. He was also one of the choices for Solo. Yes, he was. Um, he was my first pick because that guy is a charm machine. Like, I'm sorry, Taron Edgerton doesn't have a lot of acting experience either before he did the first Kingsman movie. Like, he was new to the scene. But he is so charming and in my opinion, he has that it quality. He's got that star quality that is needed for an iconic role like Han Solo. And honestly, I think he would have smashed it. And I'm really disappointed that they didn't go with him because he was on the short list. It was him and it was... Alden Ironreich, and it was a guy named Jack Rayner. Okay. And then ultimately they ended up going with Alden. But yeah, in my opinion, Taron Edgerton was Han Solo. And then um, my second choice, who, I mean, again, like this guy, I think he would have done just as good of a job. Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. Who, he doesn't have a lot of name recognition. He's done a few movies. He was, well, he's done a lot of movies, actually. But I just feel like a lot of people don't know who he is. He's kick-ass. Oh. He's that character. Okay. He's in, he was in both kick-ass movies, one and two. He's yeah. kick-ass. Wait, he is that in- McLovin? What? Isn't McLovin kick-ass? No. McLovin is not (laughs) kick-ass. But he's in those movies, right? Am I mixing it up or something I think so. I haven't seen the kick-ass movies, but I know it's not McLovin. Okay. Um, Aaron Taylor Johnson was in Nocturnal Animals as well. That performance, if you see nothing of his work, see Nocturnal Animals. Okay. He is so good in it. He plays this criminal psychopath dude and he knocks it out of the park. He's amazing. And uh, he was also in Anna Karenina. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't have seen that. He's been in a couple of Marvel movies. He was Quicksilver. That was the character he played. Uh, He was in Captain America Winter Soldier and then one of the Avengers movies as well. So anybody who loves superhero movies might know who he is from that. But again, he's another one. He's like a charm machine, that guy. And he does have star quality. Like, in my opinion, he's got the toolkit. Like, in terms of acting skills, he could have done it as well. And he's got that swagger. Like, that's the thing about Han Solo. Yeah. Is swagger. Yep, that's the word for it. Yep. When you think of Han Solo, you think of that kind of badass kind of swagger. And Alden Ironreich doesn't have swagger. No, not at all. At all. Nope. Like, sorry, Alden Ironreich, if you're listening to this right now. <laughs> which I'm sure he is. <laughs> which I'm sure he is. 
he doesn't have it. Yeah. So, yeah, I would have preferred to have seen either one of those. And interestingly enough, Aaron Taylor Johnson was one of the people who was also on, not the sh- he wasn't on the short list, obviously, but there was another list of actors. Yes. There was like 18 actors who were on this list. I'm not going to name all of them, obviously, because it's a lot. I'll just name uh, a few. Yeah, name the interesting ones, because I have a list, too. Yeah, so apparently, everybody wanted to be Han Solo, (laughs) from what I read. There was over 2,500 actors who auditioned for this or sent in tape. Wow. And, you know, it was, it's a role that was coveted, obviously, right? Yeah. So, like I said, there was 18 actors. Uh, some of the more famous names, Ansel Elgort, mm-hmm. who you chose. Yeah. Miles Teller wanted to do it. Yeah. Ugh, that would have been awful. Miles Teller wants, is like, is like the Woody Harrelson of his generation. <laughs> Miles Teller wants to do everything. Like, why does he think that he's cut out to do every single role is what I want to know. Yeah. Right? Like, that just goes to show how arrogant he is. <laughs> Sorry, Miles Teller, if you're listening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, Dave Franco apparently wanted to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Tom Felton, who mm-hmm. played Draco Malfoy in the Harry Potter movie. Yeah. And then Aaron Taylor Johnson threw his name in as well. Like, he was really interested in doing it, too. So the one thing that when I was going through this list of 18 actors was I think it's hilarious that some of these people were even being considered because some of them are so not on the level. Yeah. Um, Can I name a few that I saw as well? Rami Malek from Mr. Robot, Chris Pratt, who I think is already like 40, isn't he? <laughs> Chris Pratt? Oh, I didn't see him. Yeah, and Emery Cohen. Oh, no way. Yep, along yes. with Taron Edgerton and Aaron Taylor Johnson, like you mentioned. Yeah, too. I didn't see Emery Cohen's name yeah. on, the, in, on the list. In fact, what the list that I have, Cohen made the short list. My short list is like eight people. Oh, wow. No, my, okay, so we saw a different short list. Yeah. Yeah, there was someone else who I didn't mention here, but I'm going to mention him now. His name is Ed Westwick. Yeah. <laughs> if anyone uh, doesn't know who he is, he was some dude on Gossip Girl. Oh. Yeah, he's a British actor. And he's well known from Gossip Girl. But I think it's hilarious that he was even in the running with somebody like Aaron Taylor Johnson or even, for example, Dave Franco. Or, mm-hmm. Like, I'm sorry, there's no way. Ed Westwick? Who does Ed Westwick think he is? That he's like, no, I'm sorry. You're so angry. <laughs> yeah, because I think it's ridiculous that he thought that he could do this role, like that he was up against somebody like Aaron Taylor Johnson, who is like miles ahead of him in terms of acting ability. There's no way. But imagine, so they saw 2,500 people, or not maybe not saw, but 2,500 people tried to get this role. There were probably a lot of people thinking like, if they go with somebody who's not a huge name, maybe I have a chance. Do you know what I mean? Like they did with Hayden Christensen. Don't come down on Ed Westwick. Leave him alone. <laughs> no, uh, no. Let's not get into a fight over Ed Westwick. Okay, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Why are you defending him? We don't even know him. He doesn't Maybe. Even go. 
<laughs> I'm defending him because maybe he's listening, Janet. Yeah, that's right. Him and Miles Teller are sitting in a Hollywood listening to this. Um, so <laughs> I just want to mention uh, one other thing about um, Alden Ironreich. Mm-hmm. Uh, part of the reason that I think he managed to land this role is also sort of because of his Hollywood connection. Yeah. Can we talk about that really yeah. quickly? So Alden's dad is Steven Spielberg's accountant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if, if he still is to this day, but <laughs> at one point he was. So Alden Ironreich, it's like not like he was some newbie who had no connections whatsoever. He had connections. Initially, Steven Spielberg saw him in a video that Alden did with Steven Spielberg's daughter. It was some sort of video that they saw at, at that he saw at somebody's bat mitzvah. No, it was um he did a video with a buddy and they showed it at Steven Spielberg's daughter's bat mitzvah. Okay, I, I got That's how I had read it. Um, the point is, Steven Spielberg saw him and then thought that Alden was like this great talent, then intervened, helped him get an agent, yeah. and kind of started shepherding his career. So I feel like Steven Spielberg definitely, I mean, Steven Spielberg is buddies with George Lucas. They are yeah. friends to this day. So don't tell me that that connection didn't somehow play a role in Alden getting this role. I would think so. What I read, too, is that the initial two directors of Solo, I forget their names, sorry, <laughs> they he was the first actor that they saw, and as they saw others, apparently they kept going back to him and saying, like, oh, the first guy was the best. Yeah, I didn't read that, but the, oh, the directors, it was Phil Lord and Christopher Miller, who eventually got fired off the project. Right. But yeah, so I, I feel like that connection had to have played some part in him securing this role. Yeah, I, yeah. This is I believe you. Yeah. This is typically how things work. And I really think that, I mean, that's great for Alden, but I think it's unfortunate. I really feel bad that Taron Edgerton didn't get this role. I mean, maybe it's good that he didn't get it. It's interesting because he was actually asked about it in an interview when he was doing promotional stuff for, I think it was Kingsman, The Golden Circle. Okay. When he was doing press for that, they asked him about the rumors and he, like, didn't confirm or deny, but he said that he felt that a role like that was something that you really had to think long and hard about if you did accept it, because it was completely going to upend your life. Yeah. And while it would definitely be, you know, awesome for your career, it would change your life so dramatically. And he said that it was something that you'd really have to think about. So I thought that was a really thoughtful answer as well. And maybe he didn't want it. Who knows? Or maybe it's for the best that he didn't get it. But I think he would have done a better job. Um, The casting of Han Solo for this movie was one of the longest processes since Christian Grey. Oh, God. Well, I mean, if they they saw 2,500 actors... Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. And like I said, they started talking about this... I mean, I started reading initially about the casting in 2015. Oh, okay. Wow, yeah. So, like, three years ago. And it was probably going on even before then. The interesting thing is, it's an iconic character, and it's kind of a big deal who gets it, and this and that. 
But the interesting thing is, is that as this movie was coming out and as it's been in theaters, I've heard over and over again from so many different people, who asked for this movie? I didn't want this movie. Like, nobody really cared about Han Solo's backstory. I cared. Oh, I didn't. (laughs) I don't know. I, you know what? I didn't hate the movie. I enjoyed it, but it hasn't done well at the box office, so... Yeah. I really believe that if they had a stronger actor playing Han Solo, I think that perhaps it would have created Better a buzz. little more excitement, maybe more hype. I don't know. Even when I saw Alden Ironreich doing interviews, like promoting the movie, I didn't feel excited at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He just seemed really flat to me in interviews. It's his personality. He seems very jaded, like super blasé, you know, just so chill. And I don't know, I'm not saying he has to be jumping up and down <laughs> and, you know, be really excited, but he doesn't have a charming personality. I don't know. Yeah, I definitely agree. So did you know that Ron Howard had actually been offered to direct Phantom Menace, episode one? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, and he had declined, and then he ended up taking over for this one. I don't think he did a bad job. I mean, everyone, all of the actors loved Ron Howard. I read a lot of print interviews that various actors did, like Amelia Clark, Alden Ironreich. They all had nothing but praise for Ron Howard. Everyone says what a great director he is and just what a wonderful human being he is. I've never heard anything bad about Ron Howard. Same here. So I think they brought him in because they needed someone experienced who could turn it around and save the day. And I think the fact that the movie underperformed, I don't think it should be about Ron Howard. Not at all. He reportedly reshot over 80% of the movie. And that's why it costs so much. Mm Mm-hmm. Definitely. the production costs went through the roof because of that, right? Yeah. Going back to the prequel movies, Hayden Christensen said he enjoyed filming the bar scene because it was a real set and not just a blue screen. So for him to comment on that tells you just how much he wasn't just acting with a screen the whole time, not seeing what was happening. It's those movies are just effects. Oh, absolutely. Hayden Christensen has even said that that was one of the things that he found super challenging Mm -hmm. about the movies was that Acting with, like, a green screen, like, it was just really difficult for him. And that's where the inexperience comes in. Yeah. Like, had they hired an actor who perhaps had a little more experience, maybe it would have been a different situation. Just a reminder that repodcasting is brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. The Alberta Podcast Network has an incredible roster and variety of podcasts, from storytelling to politics and social issues, to movies and pop culture, to many more. Speaking of pop culture, you should check out the monthly podcast, That's a Thing, also on the Alberta Podcast Network. It's a sometimes belated, already outdated guide to teens, tweens, and everything under 20. Elizabeth teensplains various pop culture phenomena to her mom, Karen. It's a fun and often bizarre look into what today's young people are into. And I have to say, I've learned a lot from listening to That's a Thing. Check it out, along with the network's many other amazing podcasts, at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I don't know if you ever saw the, you can find it on YouTube, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog at the Star Wars premiere. Oh, God, please, like, as soon as we're done recording, please go watch it. It's amazing. Um, It was at the premiere of Attack of the Clones. Okay. Yeah, it's really, really funny. Okay. 
Um, and then for Revenge of the Sith, every single clone trooper in the movie is CGI. There was not a single costume for clone yeah. troopers. Yeah, it's crazy. There are over 2,200 visual effects in Revenge of the Sith. And it's more than episode one and two combined. Yeah, but I mean, isn't that to be expected that there would be so much effects? Not that much. Have you watched, did you watch it again for a recasting or no? No, I didn't. Because watching it yesterday, I was like, this is practically a cartoon. And it looks like it. It's, it does not hold up. Not that it was ever considered really good, but I hated watching it, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, all of the movies have a lot of effects, so I probably wouldn't be able to sit there and say, oh, this movie has more effects than this one. I mean, I just expect when I watch a Star Wars movie that there's going to be a lot of effects in it. But, you know, it's interesting. It wasn't nominated for special effects. It was the only like, one of the prequels. Nominated, what, for like an Academy Sorry, for Award the or? Academy Award, yeah. Okay. Um, meanwhile, the first two were. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. I think he overdid it. Well, he went too far. I mean, I just expect them to have a lot of effects. So, yeah, that's... Okay. Ooh, lol. Uh-oh. <laughs> What's going on? Nothing. I'm just sitting in that, I guess. I'm I'm angry at that I watched oh, that stupid okay. movie again yesterday. Right. Well, yes, you should be angry, Lucia. You should write a, an angry-worded um, letter to George Lucas. Yeah, because he's probably never gotten one. He needs one. Oh, I'm sure she has received many from the, the Star Wars fans, absolutely. He's probably even received death threats. Well, you know, while, do you need the support for all those special effects? Do you need, like, a support animal to help you through that difficult time of dealing with the special effects? No, do you know what I did to cleanse myself? <laughs> Last night I watched a movie from the 30s with no special effects. <laughs> do you have any other fun facts, or do you want to, like, move on to... No, we can move on. Um, I'll just quickly mention the ratings that I saw. Okay. On IMDb, episode two received a 54%, which I think is generous. That movie was boring. And then episode three got a 68, and Solo got a 62. So it did even worse than episode three. Oh, wow. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this, but I almost liked it better than Rogue One. Yeah, I can't agree with you there. The first time I went to see Rogue One at the movie theater, I fell asleep <laughs> through a good chunk of it. I woke up halfway through and I was like, what's going on? Why did I fall asleep during this movie? So, and I rarely fall asleep when I go to the movie theater. Like, I'm not one of those people yeah. who immediately is like... You know, it's like they took an ambient. I know people <laughs> like that. They hit the movie theater and they're instantly asleep. That's yeah. not me. Like, so I did. I fell asleep during Rogue One. I didn't fall asleep during Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I was wide awake. So I enjoyed Solo in that I liked the story. I liked knowing the backstory of Han Solo. And I enjoyed Paul Bettany in it, too. I was really happy that Paul Bettany finally made it into a, a franchise film. Yeah, I think he was good. I enjoyed him and Amelia Clark, and of course Donald Glover was amazing. Yeah, Donald Glover was so good. Yeah, he was awesome. And even though 
I think that Woody Harrelson is in everything, and maybe he doesn't belong there. But I even enjoyed Woody Harrelson. I didn't hate him in it. Mm, I didn't really enjoy him in it. It was I didn't care that he was there. Like right, he didn't right. do anything for me. I did like seeing Chewbacca. I always like seeing Chewbacca. But yeah, I, per, me personally, I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, whatever. I didn't fall asleep through it. I watched the whole thing, and I was along for the ride, I guess. But at the end of it, I was kind of like, I don't know, left wanting more, maybe? I'm not sure. Right. Um, We can move on to yeah. our last segment. Oh, actually, sorry. Before we move on, I do have a list of people who also auditioned for Anakin, which I wouldn't mind mentioning. Okay. So we have Ryan Felipe, Paul Walker, Colin Hanks, which I just, he seems like always, I don't know, nice. Do you know what I mean? Like, how is he Darth Vader? That'd be crazy. Colin, yeah, he would have been terrible. Yeah. Christian Bale, Heath yeah. Ledger, James Vanderbeek, which is another strange one. <laughs> and Joshua Jackson. I guess it was around when the OC, or not the OC, what were they on? Dawson's Creek was popular. Right. And then Chris Klein. I don't know if you remember him from the American Pie yeah. movies. And Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonathan Brandis, if you remember him. No, I don't know who that is. Uh, he was in Sequest, I think it was called. Some oh, okay. some show on TV. He yeah, was kind of big know, for a little I think, while. Yeah, I don't know. I think Leo would have been the best one, but that's just my opinion. I mean, I absolutely agree that Leo is the best actor of most of those on the list. I actually think either Heath Ledger or Christian Bale would have been pretty good too yeah i think christian bale mm -hmm. could have done it for sure i don't know about heath ledger mm, i think and he could have heath ledger had the stature for it you know what i mean oh really yeah like the physicality okay heath ledger was short oh was he rest in peace heath ledger we're not talking yeah. shit about you but yeah heath ledger was not i don't know that he had the stature okay. i think mean, they stick them on whatever like they can give them like the lifts or whatever in their boots or I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> whatever yeah. it is that tom cruise does yeah exactly <laughs> so that's it for me for uh trivia and little tidbits so let's move on yes to our next segment it's time for hold me close young tony danza <laughs> it wouldn't play so <laughs> it's time for hold me close young tony danza the segment where we recast tony danza into the movie or in this case movies that we are recasting Oh, okay. So I did this on the fly because I had actually forgotten about it this time. So for the prequels, I think I would put him in the Samuel L. Jackson role, which I don't remember the name of the character. I mean, I hate to take away the very little diversity that's there, but I just, I think he would have been good in that role. <laughs> and then for Solo, I would recast him in the Woody Harrelson role because I just want Woody Harrelson out of there. <laughs> Oh. in uh, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. I can totally see him as Obi-Wan. I mean, I, I know I've cast him before as, like, the wise mentor, mm -hmm. but he just exudes that. You know what I mean? I just feel like Tony Danza exudes that kind of vibe. And then in Solo, same thing, I cast him as Tobias Beckett oh. because I wanted Woody Harrelson out of there as well. Nice. <laughs> Listen, Woody Harrelson gets all the jobs in Hollywood, okay? Yeah, it's a bit much. Spread it around. There's <laughs> other actors. Let Tony Danza be in a franchise movie. No kidding. 
So that's it for our recasting, but we can definitely talk about our movie challenge because we have this time some things to talk about. Yeah, yeah, sure. What movie did you see? I forget. I saw Kill Your Darlings. Oh, right. Okay. I thought it was okay. I'll say this. I was really happy to, well, not happy. I was interested in the story because I had never heard anything about it. It was interesting. And especially like I was surprised because I did like the Beat Poets a lot, but I guess I only knew of their stuff about 10 years after that and forward. So I knew nothing about this. Um, I did think a lot of the performances were terrific and I'm not sure why I didn't love it. I don't know. Maybe it was something in the storytelling. There was something lacking that just kind of maybe made it a little dull for me. And then also I was looking up the real life story as much as I could because I was really shocked. And they changed a lot of things that I felt they didn't need to. And it kind of pissed me off because, I mean, the man did die. I feel like you should at least respect that and tell the story properly. The one who was killed. David whatever. David something, I forget, yeah. as I'm yeah. not respecting his memory. <laughs> I don't yeah, remember his last name. So disrespectful, Lucia. Yeah. yeah, I loved Daniel Radcliffe in that movie. Oh, he was great, for sure. Yeah. I really liked Ben Foster, too. Yeah, I'm not a Ben Foster fan. Oh, I am. I don't know why. There's something about Ben Foster. He's just, he's so shady. What? <laughs> Have you yeah, seen but... Liberty Heights? Oh, can I not put that on your list? No, don't. I won't watch it. <laughs> okay. Okay, do you want to say anything else about it? No, no, that's it. What did you watch? So I, I watched Frank. It's a movie with Maggie Gyllenhaal is in it, Domhnall Gleeson. Fassbender? Uh, oh, Fassbender is in it. Michael Fassbender, he plays Frank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like about this dude who's in a band and then he wears like this weird wooden head. I don't know. I didn't like it. I, like, it looked really weird, and I thought I was going to enjoy it, but I don't know. We had, like, a lengthy discussion about this. I couldn't get into it. It was just maybe too weird for me. I don't know. Yeah. I will say this, though. I loved, I don't know if it's cinematography, art direction, production design. Like, I loved the actual look oh, okay. of the movie, the muted colors, and it was, like, always so gray and mm-hmm. misty like when they're they go to a cabin somewhere in the woods or something mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed the look and the cinematography and even once the scene moves to I think they're somewhere in the United States yeah and so uh, by southwest they go to Austin yeah that's it I just liked the look of the movie okay. but the performances everything I just couldn't get into it the story was just too weird for me I don't know I couldn't get into it did you like the music like the uh, band's music. No, I guess not. No, I didn't. There's supposed to be some weird indie band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, so when you told me that you didn't like it, I was like, oh no, because I had only seen it once a few years back. I thought, oh, maybe it doesn't hold up. Maybe, like, I was just in a weird mood. And so I rewatched it just, like, to kind of check in and see if I still liked it. And I really did. I still really enjoyed it. It was very quirky, I guess would be the word, but not funny. It was pretty dark in a lot of ways, but I did still really enjoy it. I enjoyed the performances. I actually enjoyed the weird music. (laughs) And um, yeah, sorry that I gave you one you hated. (laughs) No, I mean, I just, I don't know. I also, I'm not a huge fan of Michael Fassbender. But you don't even see his face throughout most of the movie. It didn't matter. I was still annoyed by him. 
<laughs> wow. I just, you know what? I get that people think he's a great actor. I understand that a lot of people are of that opinion. It's not that he's a bad actor. I just don't like him. Okay. <laughs> and it's not like I know Michael Fassbender. <laughs> it's not like, you know, we met at a party and he was rude to me. <laughs> it's nothing like that. I, I don't have a personal vendetta against Michael <laughs> Fassbender. Just, you know, some actors you just don't like. Yeah. And, like, I just don't like Michael Fassbender. Sure. I don't see why everyone thinks that he's so amazing. I, I don't see it. So that's just... I that's don't just even different. think I could tell you another movie I've seen him in. So I don't know him, really. The thing is, I've seen a lot of his work. Okay. I just don't like him. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> now, we do have two other movies we can talk about, but we saw them a long time ago, but we saw them together. So both of these were my picks for Janet, and when she was in Calgary, we watched The Room. I was so excited for you to see The Room. <laughs> it was the third time I had seen it, because I made my husband watch it as well after I had seen it the first time. And I love this ridiculous movie. It's batshit crazy. Yeah, it's crazy that it got made. It's crazy how it got made. I also had... I think I had just finished reading The Disaster Artist when we watched The Room together. So I had gotten really deep into the behind the scenes, which was really interesting as well. But yeah, it is for sure the best bad movie ever made. Yeah, it's awful. And I understand why it's like a, a cult classic, if that's what you want to call it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's absolutely batshit crazy. But it's funny. And also now Mark Damon is my favorite actor. <laughs> <laughs> Did you enjoy watching The Room? Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed okay. it for its ridiculousness. Right, right. Sure. I mean, I don't think you can sit there and say, oh, I was expecting it to be awesome. <laughs> of course. But I enjoyed it. I enjoyed that it's completely ridiculous. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. And then lastly, we can talk about Robin Hood Men in Tights. That's one of yeah. my all-time favorites and I have seen it a million times and I wanted to share it with you but I don't know if you liked it as much as I did <laughs> I don't like it as much as you do yeah full disclosure but that's not to say that you know what it is I am not really much of a fan of Mel Brooks okay I'm not a fan of that type of humor or at least his brand of humor it's not that I despise it but I'm just not like a huge fan of it and it's very much a Mel Brooks film. Yeah. Like, absolutely. It's quintessential mm -hmm. Mel Brooks. But I can appreciate why people enjoy him, why he's considered a comedy legend. Okay. I still think it's a really funny movie and everything, but I imagine that part of why I love it so much is that I was either 12 or 13 when I first saw it. So right. I think that makes a difference. You were an adult. <laughs> Perhaps. But I don't know. I just think really love his work right but it's a certain brand of humor you have to enjoy for sure but uh, sorry so I guess I didn't make my point the, because I ended up watching Blazing Saddles when I was an adult and uh, the other one was Dracula Dead and Loving It which also like that one just didn't do well so maybe that's not a fair comparison but I thought Blazing Saddles was fine I thought it was funny but I didn't think it was the comedy icon that a lot of people make it out to be so I do right. think part of my love for Robin Hood Men in Tights has to do with when I first saw it. Okay. So maybe you just associate it with like a certain time in your life. 
Or I just had a different sense of humor as a kid, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, things that we like when we're kids are not necessarily, we're not necessarily going to enjoy them as adults. Yeah. Our our tastes evolve, for sure. Have you ever tried watching Elf as an adult? (laughs) No. It's unreal. It's so, so bad. But I loved it as a kid. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Definitely, like, comedies from the 80s. You know, you watch them with, like, this nostalgia, right? Because yeah. they just seem so innocent compared to, <laughs> to what we see now. I mean, it's just really different. There's a pureness to those, okay. to that type of comedy. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Okay. So that's it for our movie challenge for this month. Do you have your next movie? Well, I think it's called Other People. Okay. Molly Shannon is in it. Yes. I know that. That's all I know about it. Okay. I hope you like that one. I really enjoyed it. And then... <laughs> yeah, you probably will, you Debbie Downer. <laughs> yeah, I haven't watched it yet, but it's on Netflix, so I'll get to it. Okay, and then the next one I'm going to watch is Snowpiercer. I'm finally going to get to it. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited for you to see that movie. <laughs> okay. I don't know anything about it either. All I know is it's the same director as Okja. Yes, yes, and Tilda Swinton is in it. Right, right. And I won't say anything about her teeth situation, but... <laughs> Oh, good. Okay. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. And now for our next repodcasting movie, we had talked briefly about doing a series of, we want to take away some Oscars in a sense, right? Um, Coming for your Oscars, perv. Exactly. That's the way to say it. (laughs) So... Coming for your Oscars. Beware. Damn right. So the next movie we are recasting, Rain Man, to get Dustin Hoffman out of there. I am so excited to recast Rain Man. Me too. I can't begin to tell you. Excellent. We are repodcasting on all the social media stuff if you want to contact us. If you want to send us any suggestions or hate mail, because we might be getting that now, feel free to do so at repodcasting at gmail.com. And that's it for us for this month. Yes, Star Wars people, please reach out to us. We want your hate mail. We want you to write angry, filthy things at us. Okay, so (laughs) Janet will be checking the email from now on. (laughs) I don't want that. (laughs) <laughs> I want all of your madness. Please send it to us. No, I don't think we're stepping on anybody's toes recasting the roles that we did. Oh, I think we were generous. Yeah, yeah. Okay, excellent. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you next month. Thanks for joining us. Bye. Bye.